Shout amen. 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 The joy Jesus gives us. Amen. Nobody can take it away. Hallelujah. The joy the world gives and the joy that things bring, that can all be taken away. Hallelujah. But the joy, the peace, the love that Jesus gives, nobody can take away. Hallelujah. That is just for you. Hallelujah. And he gives it to you that you might celebrate him. Hallelujah. That you might praise him with it. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord one more good hand clap of praise. Let's take a few seconds, amen. Let's get out of our chairs, amen, out of our seats. Let's shake some hands. Let's greet everybody into the house of the Lord, amen. Good to be here on this Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Get out. Come on, shake someone's hands. So we're glad to see them. Hallelujah. 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 No, I can't hold you. Take up our tithe and offering. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for 
this opportunity to be able to give to you and to give to the labor and the work here in Alameda. God, we pray that you would take our offering, bless it, multiply it to the furthering of your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Very quickly, if you're going to write out a check, you can now make all the checks out to East Bay Bible Fellowship. Um, yeah, so we... We finally were able to get all that squared away and incorporated. So uh, if you do have a check, make it out to East Bay Bible Fellowship. God bless you as you give. Amen. We will start preaching here in just a few seconds. some very brief announcements and uh, we're probably starting to sound like a broken record but uh, that's alright uh, we are all gearing up last night they had choir practice so we're all gearing up for San Jose camp meeting that's going to be June 14th 15th and the 16th so we will not be here that Thursday we will all be in San Jose if you'd like to go please uh, do try to go one night if you can uh, but we're, that's where we're all going to be. That's June 14th, 15th, and the 16th. That's the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's going to be a wonderful time. You don't want to miss it. And then that Sunday, um, we will be having a guest preacher here um, that following Sunday. So that's going to be really good. That's something to look forward to. Um, also, don't forget, uh, our Thursday night, we started our new series, Unwavering Love. We're talking about an unwavering love for God, an unwavering love for our family, an unwavering love for our church, etc. So uh, make it out on Thursday nights. Those are always good. Uh, there's a good crowd, and um, uh, I think you'll really enjoy and benefit from the preaching and the teaching that goes on Thursday nights. It's a little bit more uh, uh, slower paced, but definitely uh, enriching. Can you say amen? Um, uh, last but not least, don't forget Friday night prayer, Sunday service. We'll be back here again uh, at 11 a.m. And uh, the kids are still doing Sunday school at 1030. And uh, they're doing it outside now that it's a little bit nicer. Uh, we've been fixing it up back there. And uh, feel free to hang out back there after church and chit-chat. And just get to know one another a little more. Can you say amen? All right, let's get started. We're going to go into the word of the Lord this this morning, and we're going to go to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 18, we're going to go to verse number 18. Very familiar story here. We've probably all heard it or read about it. And it simply says, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that you have, and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. 
And I want to preach to you just for a few moments this morning on this simple subject. Less is more. Less is more. Can we say that together? Less is more. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your word. We pray that this morning, this word would affect us in a wonderful way. God, I pray that there would be a sweeping spirit of courage that would come over us to believe, to trust, and to know that less is more with you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give the Lord one more good hand. Praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning, we are reading from one of the most talked about encounters in the Gospels. It is between Jesus and someone who the Bible describes as a rich, young ruler. On the surface, this is one of those episodes in the Gospels that appears to leave out so many important details that would be of interest to even the most common reader. Such as, what is his name? We don't know his name. How did he become rich? We have no idea. What did he rule over? What was his position in life? That we don't know either. Where did, where did he go after he went away so sad and heartbroken? We don't know that either. While all these questions appear to us as important, their absence forces our attention to look a little closer at what is really important. What stands out immediately is that money and possessions cannot satisfy all of life's deep longings. In spite of this young man's wealth, possessions, and even his position in life, he still obviously feels that he's missing something. Perhaps even more shocking is the notion that he distinctively feels unsaved. He is not worried about his retirement. He is not worried about his job security. He is not even worried about his investments. He is worried about whether or not he will have entry into the kingdom of heaven. When he stays up late at night, it's not about how to get compounding interest on a savings account. It's about how to get into heaven. And I'm just going to take a short little break here to let you know, amen, that you cannot buy your way into heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven is not earned monetarily. An entry into heaven, amen, comes through following Jesus. <coughs> However, we must give credit where credit is due. He is not a bad person. Uh, at one point, these verses even say, and Jesus loved him. Uh, the Bible says, and he says this of himself, and Jesus never argues the point, that he has kept the commandments of God from his earliest years. Yet he still feels that there is more. And uh, he is right. There really is more. Uh, what he never would have imagined, however, is that the more he was looking for actually began with having less. The more he wanted in life was going to be accessed by having a little bit less in life. The more he was looking for was going to begin by giving more. Hallelujah. And that was not the plan that he was looking for in his life. Um, in life, there are two costs that everybody must count. 
One is what does it cost to have something? And number two, what does it cost to give something up? A lot of people are very good at calculating the cost of what it's going to take to obtain something. But very few of us ever stop to think, am I going to be willing to get rid of it when it comes down to brass tacks? Amen. I can fill this room up full of people. Amen. And then some other rooms. Hallelujah. Uh, Full of people that will gladly tell you everything I have, God gave it to me. This job, this education, all these privileges that I have access to in life, they were the blessing of God. But when they're challenged to give those things up or to resign some of those things to the God who gave it, they become very reluctant. Hallelujah. We know the cost of what it is to get a degree, but many of us are not willing. And we'll pay that cost. But many of us may not be willing, amen, uh, to take a little break, amen, from hitting the books to hitting the good book. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, many of us know the cost of what it is, of what it takes to go up, amen, the, the ladder at, at, at work, amen, but very few of us are willing, amen, to pay the cost that it takes to be faithful to the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. We, 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 we do good today, amen, to not just count the cost of what it takes to possess, but to count the cost that we are willing to pay to give up. Because whether we like it or not, life is not all about getting. Amen. Life is also about giving. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Jesus tells the young man, there's one thing you lack. And probably this statement alone, we could just stop and preach from this for a few moments. Because as far as he was concerned, he lacked nothing. And Jesus said, I got news for you. There's something you lack. There's something you don't have. There's something that cannot be purchased. There's something that cannot be saved up for. There's something that cannot be bargained. There's something that cannot be borrowed or even bartered. Amen. There is something that you lack. Uh, And he tells him, he says, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and come take up thy cross and follow me. And the scripture goes on to say, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. There are several interesting things about this exchange of words that I want to discuss with you this morning. And the first is that less is best. Hallelujah. Um, I know myself and Will talk often about painting and art. Hallelujah. And, and there's a general rule. I went to art school that I always try to follow. That less is better. Hallelujah. There's always this desire to just tack on more. Amen. To creative projects. Amen. But you start finding out that really the skill is in not putting as much. Hallelujah. Not putting so much on there. And that doesn't just go for art. That goes for everything in life. We, we often think that life is better and it's more uh, it's more uh, robust and, and pleasurable with the more that's tacked on. But as we're going to find out today, it's not always that way. Amen. Sometimes we get more out of less. Amen. Sometimes we're happier with a lighter load. Can you say amen? This young man was being killed by the clutter in his life. His life, whether he wanted to admit it or not, was being hindered by his, as the Bible calls it, great possessions. We assume, and perhaps rightly, that his possessions were nice, but that did not have to be. Uh, But that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I know some people that are held just as captive by junk as they are by the latest and the greatest gadgets and trinkets. Amen. We always read this verse and assume that he was maybe some guy in a nice robe with gold chains everywhere, blinged out 
and he had a, a Mercedes donkey waiting for him in the back. Amen. But as far as we know, he was a pack rat that wasted all his good money on filling up closets, on filling up storage bins, on filling up storage units. Hallelujah. As far as we know, he was throwing down a lot of money. Amen. On a lot of stuff he didn't need. Praise God. Uh, and I, I personally know people that are very well off. They're very wealthy. Uh, but they don't, they don't have the latest and greatest. They just have junk. Hallelujah. Just plain good old fashioned junk. Amen. And uh, praise God. Don't get quiet on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone uses possessions in different ways. Uh, but what we need to discover, amen, uh, is how possessions are not supposed to be used. Whether they're good, nice, beautiful, late and great, or whether they're junk and thrift. Amen. All of us need to wrap our minds around how am I supposed to use possessions. Luke chapter 12 and 15, just... Uh, a few uh, chapters prior to this. Amen. Jesus says something very profound and powerful about possessions. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, take heed or beware. Amen. And uh, uh, of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. And I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about this particular verse because I'll I want to admit to you that I've misinterpreted it for many years. Uh, a lot of times in the Gospels, the word life, amen, or in even Greek literature in general, the word life <clears throat> does not represent that thing we live, but it represents happiness, joy. Uh, it's more of a, subs a substance, amen. But here the word life is actually being used literally as in your life. And the very next parable that Jesus gives is about a man. Uh, uh, right after he states this, that a man's life does not consist of the things he possesses, Jesus goes into a parable right immediately after that. And he starts talking about a man who had a, a, a huge harvest of fruit. And he takes all the fruit and he fills a barn with it. And then uh, when he notices that he has more fruit, amen, more than that barn can even hold, he, he, he has been blessed that year by this great harvest. He says to himself, I'm going to build another barn and fill that one up with all that God has given me. And he does. He breaks out the hammer. He calls the contractors. He gets out there. He builds a bigger barn. And then he fills that barn, amen, with the abundance, the leftovers of what he had from his harvest. He fills that one up. And when he's done filling that one up, he says, you know what? I got enough. Amen. I don't need anything else in life. This is good enough for me. He says, now I'm going to stop working. I'm going to put down the hammer. I'm going to relax and I'm going to go to bed. And the scripture says, uh, uh, it goes on in this parable. And the scripture says, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And the Bible says that the Lord speaks back to the man and says, Hallelujah, thou fool, this night will thy soul be required of thee. Amen. And what is this saying? Amen. Well, when you go back to Luke 12 and 15 and Jesus says that a man's life does not consist of the things he possesses and you mash it with this parable, you discover that what Jesus is really saying, amen, is that possessions do not prolong our life. Come on. Come on. Amen. What you have and what you possess, amen, does not tell you when you're going to die. Yeah. 
Amen. You can have barns full, but that doesn't mean it's not your time to go. And so we don't plan around possessions. And we don't use, let me, let me just be honest with you. Possessions, whether they're junk or the latest and the greatest, possessions do make life more comfortable. But we're not supposed to use possessions to comfort ourselves. It's one thing to have a nice car. It's another thing to think that thing is going to drive you into heaven. It's, a, it's one thing to have a nice house, but it's another thing to think that that house is your eternal abode. It's, it's one thing, amen, to own and possess things that are quality products, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's quite another thing to think, amen, that those things are what are going to result, amen, in entry into heaven. Or even, uh, even, as a matter of fact, even a better quality of life on earth. Hallelujah. Amen. There, there is nothing about new or old. There's nothing about junk, amen, or latest and greatest junk, hallelujah, that is going to result in you being a happier person. I've had more than one new car and still felt pretty down, hallelujah, especially when the bill came, hallelujah. <clears throat> And I've, I've, had, I've had several pairs of shoes, as have you. We've all had new clothes. We've all filled up. I even, I even remember there was a time in my life where I just thought it was so cool to shop at the thrift store. Hallelujah. And I filled up my closets with thrift store junk. Hallelujah. And I just ended up with mothballs and moths. And that didn't make me any happier. Praise God. Um, you know, it's kind of cool to shop vintage and thrift these days. But that... Amen. That, that is not going to make you any happier either. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't want us to get on this kick of, a, 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 I just wish rich people understood. Amen. I wish we all understood. Hallelujah. Amen. That it doesn't matter how much we fill our closets, our trunks. It doesn't matter how much is under the bed. It doesn't matter how much is in the storage unit. What matters is what we have stored up with God. Hallelujah. What matters. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody today. I, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was while I was asleep this morning. At 6 a.m., the Lord started talking to me and telling me, you've got to preach this. You've got to tell this. You've got to talk to this. I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to me this morning. Hallelujah. I really do want to be a happier person. I really do want to be a better person. I really do want to discover a better version. Hallelujah. Of life. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you one thing. It doesn't begin with possessions. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 7 and 31, the Apostle Paul says it so eloquently. He says, and they that use this world as not abusing it for the fashion of it, uh, and for the fashion of the world passes away. What is he saying? Well, in this particular verse, he's talking to the Corinthian church and he's telling them how to live their life. But in the middle of it all, he pauses and he says, let me talk to the people that own things. Now, now, believe it or not, in the Bible, there was only two kinds of people, rich and poor. That was it. And when you go to foreign countries, you'll see this exact same dynamic played out where the inflation is so horrible that there's just the wealthy and there's the people that sleep naked on the streets. And I've seen it. But, uh, and that's how the Bible days were. But Paul here stops and he says, let me talk to the people that have things. He says, whatever you have, use it, but don't abuse it. And uh, here we're given very clear terms of how to manage possessions. We are free to use them, but not abuse them. You're free to have your water boat. You're free to have your motorcycle. You're free to have your car. You're free to have your house. You're free to have your Prada shoes, whatever it is that's your thing. You're free to have your closet full of thrift store junk, but you are not to abuse it. I'm still speaking English, people. Hallelujah. Spanish services at 1.30. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Uh, two closets is too much. Well, praise God. We're going to stop there. The abuse of possessions happens many different ways. I want to discuss one in particular. That is using something for what it's not. There's different ways of abusing things. One is to use something for what it's not. Uh, Brother Gabe here, he's a contractor. Uh, he is screwing and unscrewing screws all day. And you know what? He could show up to the job with a butter knife. And he could take screws out with that butter knife. But eventually he will be abusing that butter knife. Because that butter knife was not made for that. And eventually he's going to ruin the butter knife and his hands and his knuckles. <laughs> and, 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 and the abuse of that butter knife, even though it's doing something, it's doing something it wasn't intended to do, is going to result in casualties of the butter knife and of our good brother's hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because there is, there is a way that things are not supposed to be used. Drive your car to get to work. Drive your car to take the kids to school. And please drive your car to get to church. But do not think that your car is driving you anywhere else besides that. Amen. Do not let your, your car drive you crazy. If you got a downgrade, it's time to downgrade. Praise God. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually don't like meddling in people's life, and I'm not trying to meddle in yours. But if your happiness is on hold, if your joy is being postponed, if your peace is escaping you, I will get all up in your Kool-Aid and tell you it's time to downgrade. It's time to rethink things. Amen. I want you to be happy. I want you to be blessed. I want you to go to sleep at night. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this doesn't just go for objects. Amen. I'm going to go one step further because I feel to. Amen. We are not to abuse people. Hallelujah. We are not to. And, and everyone, when we think of abuse, we think of smacking. We think of like downing people. We think of all these kinds of abuse. There's another abuse of people. And that's when you, when you weigh on them too heavy. That's when you are depending on one person, be it your husband, be it your wife, be it your parents, be it whoever, to derive everything you need in life. Hallelujah. There are some things that your husband cannot give you. There are some things your wife cannot give you. You can only ask your husband so many times amen, how you look in a dress. You can only ask your wife so many times if you're a great man. Hallelujah. At some point or another, you got to get on your knees and say, God, I need affirmation that goes beyond the way I look. That goes beyond. Hallelujah. We, we can't, you know, hallelujah. And I don't want anybody to feel bad. I'm going to say this, and now somebody's going to dodge calling me once in a while. But you know, you know, I remember we used to, when I was in the world, we used to watch a Star Trek, and there was these like aliens on Star Trek. They were called Klingons. Hallelujah! And sometimes, sometimes we become Klingons. Hallelujah! We just we cling on to people. Hallelujah! We. We, for dear life, we need them to pat us on the back and then pat us on the head and then... Come on. We just need pats all day. Hallelujah. And, and I got news for you. There's, everybody deserves a pat from someone else. You deserve from your spouse, from your friends, from your family. You do. You really do. Everybody deserves to be told, amen, we, I love you just the way you are. You are great. You are wonderful. You look great in that dress. Everybody deserves that. Amen. But there just comes a point where you got to realize that, that you're... You're going to need more than that, amen, to, to affirm you. You're going to need more than that to make you feel good about what you're doing. You're going to need more than that. 
eventually you're going to even find out I, I really don't care about how I look in this dress. There's something else going on inside of me. Eventually you're going to figure out, you know what? There's something going on inside of me that has nothing to do with my wife telling me that I remind her of Superman in these pajamas. Amen. I need something different. I need something that exceeds and, and goes beyond all of that. Maybe I need to have a little prayer meeting with Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe I need to get on my... Yes. Hallelujah. I, I know people that go around looking for wounded people all day. Oh, I'm still preaching. We're at 1.30 Spanish service. Hallelujah. They go around looking for wounded people all day because it makes them feel good. Like, I like it that you need me. I like it that you need a ride from me. That is an abuse of people. It's still getting quiet. Uh, you know why I don't want to meddle in people's lives? You, you want to know why I don't like med- I'm meddling right now, but in general. I don't like meddling in people's lives because believe it or not, there are people out there that invite. They want to be controlled. They want to be told what to do. They want to be picked up. They want money lent to them. They, they, they feel this like, this like satisfies them. And, and the weird thing is, is there's people that want to do that. And then these relationships lose their equilibrium. And all of a sudden we're trying to pull out screws with the butter knife. And all of a sudden something that should have just been a friendship is now a codependency. Well, praise God. Let's, let's hurry up and get through this before. Hallelujah. Pastor doesn't make it out alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't want to abuse my friendships. I don't want to abuse weak people by making them dependent on me. Amen. If I, if I, if, and you know what? There are weak people in life and we are obligated to pick them up. We are obligated to give them a helping hand. But why don't you, why not, why not take their hand and put it in the hand of Jesus? Amen. Why not, why not, you know, it, the old saying goes, and I know it's cliche, but it feels so right. Amen. It's, it's one thing to give a hungry man a fish. It's another thing to teach him how to fish. Hallelujah. And, and we got we got to have that attitude. Amen. That if I'm going to be involved, in somebody's life it's not to make them dependent on me it's not to satisfy this it's not because I feel great about having all these people need me amen I'm gonna I'm gonna find people in life that I can help get to Jesus that I can help them learn independence hallelujah that I can help them have some sense of self-determination in life let's pray hallelujah Jesus we need you today, God. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Help us. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to edit this out. And listen, because someone right now might be thinking like, man, he is grilling me hard. Uh, I am not coming back. Let, 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 let's, let's just, let's take the, let's take the veneer off this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about my, my, my own family situation. I will, if you listen to our podcast, this will not be on it. I'll edit this out. And, you know, everybody has a different way of telling us, I need you. Right? Some people just tell you flat out, I need you. Because they know that's your stick. They know. They know all I got to do to get her back, to get him back, is tell them, I need you. But then other people do it different ways. I, this, this is going to seem so random, but somebody needs to hear this. This is so random. 
But you know, a lot of times people, people who manipulate that way, what they always do is they try to make sure they leave a possession of theirs at your house. So that when you tell them the relationship is over, they're like, well, I got to go get my scooter. My scooter's at your house. And you thought they left it there on accident. They didn't leave it there on accident. They left it there. Do you understand that for some people, the bargaining, the negotiation process doesn't even begin until you say no. We think, the common person thinks negotiations are over at no. There's some people that are like, man, it's just getting started. He just told me it's over. Woo! It's about to go down. I'm coming over. You know, I was talking to my father-in-law this morning. Right now, my, my, my daughter's favorite word is no. No. But, but you know, no is actually, you know, pizza's comfort food, right? But, but like no is a comfort word. Because when we say no, we assume that everybody listening is going to back up. And it gives us a minute to pivot. Right. To get our balance back. And to feel in control of the situation. I just told you no. That should be enough to back you off. That should be enough for me to steady myself. So no. A lot of people just throw no out there way too quickly. And kids love it. Because this is why kids start using no. Because as they start growing. And they don't want to be told what to do. And they still want to feel safe. And they still want. No. No. Everything's no. But manipulators know. That all you're doing by saying no is just trying to get your balance back. And so they're like, okay, now she feels that she's empowered. Now he feels that he has control again. So now I can actually regain entry into their life. And so the negotiation for the manipulator begins at no. This is good preaching. You're not going to hear this at Pastor Chip's church down the church, down the street. Hallelujah. (laughs) But I'm telling you. I'm telling you, we, my mother, by the time it was all said and done, her, her need to be needed backfired. Her need to be needed, shot, she, she, she sat on a branch and cut, sawed the branch off. Hallelujah. Her need to be needed, amen, cut her feet off. Her need to be needed almost took her life and the life of her children. I'm pleading with somebody today. Amen. If you want to save your marriage, if you want to save your own mental hygiene, if you want to save yourself at some point, you're going to have to say, you know what? I believe you can make it without me. I just, I, I believe you've been okay for the last 30 years. You're going to be okay for the next 30 years. Somehow you magically made it this far in life. I do not think that it's because of me. You know what? You're going to be okay. But right about now, I need to save myself. I need to save my marriage. I need to save my sanity. I need to save my home. I need to save my savings account because you're draining me of every dollar I have. I'm still preaching good right now. Hallelujah. If I don't, if I don't get through this, if I don't work through, and you know what I understand, I have compassion. I'm loved. I love you. You have to love me. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you right now, at some point or another, you got to get in that prayer room. You got to get on your knees and you got to say, God, this is tearing me up. I don't understand why I'm this way. Amen. I don't understand why I'm built this way. I don't understand why I feel that somebody needs to need me, but I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus, I need you. I need you to come into my life and save me. I need you to come into my life and rescue me from me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Can you 
saying? Let's lift our hands right now and pray. Hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. I need you to help me pray right now. Hallelujah. We're swimming in some deep waters right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. We, we live in a world where possessions, objects, are marketed as having a surplus value. Right? So it's not just shampoo. You ever see a shampoo commercial? I mean, she like comes out of the chat and like, and it's, <laughs> she didn't just, she didn't just soap her follicles. Man, she came out with 10 new friends. <laughs> guy opens up like a can of Pepsi and the DJ comes out of the closet and like there's strobe lights all of a sudden everywhere. That wasn't just soda. That was a party in a can. You know why your toothpaste is flavored? Because they're trying to give you some surplus. You didn't just brush your teeth. You got a blast of minty fresh orange. You got a small meal in a tube. <laughs> All items are marketed. You're never going to see like toothpaste. <laughs> Brush your teeth. It's, it's <laughs> Everything is marketed as having some surplus value. The car commercial, just you and all your friends just going 90 miles per hour. No, no highway patrol. Just hair everywhere and hats flying and shouting going on over like a Subaru. It's just all this surplus value. When the reality is, is possessions have no surplus value. Possessions do not have surplus values. The only thing that has a surplus is the Spirit of God. The only thing that has a surplus is love. The only thing that has a surplus are the things that God gives us. You, happiness has a surplus. Joy has a surplus. Love has a surplus. Sacrifice has a surplus. Hallelujah. Giving has a surplus. Amen. We've got to learn to tap into those things that possessions can't touch. Hallelujah. We've got to learn how to tap into those. Church has a surplus. Hallelujah. I promise you whether you think I'm preaching good or not, when you walk out of here, this message is going to be ringing through your ears. Hallelujah. You're getting a surplus from this. Hallelujah. There's a surplus in interactions. I, you know, I, I try to fix up the back. You know why I try to fix up the back? Hopefully you could stand back there and interact with somebody because there's a surplus in having an arm put around you and somebody telling you I love you. There's a surplus in a conversation between you and a human being, not a social media account. There's surplus in any of these kinds of things. Hallelujah. There's surplus in these kinds of things. Can you say amen? Amen. This, 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 this misconception of, 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 of products having a surplus value leads to their abuse. This is why we think if we have more, this is why we think like more and more happy. And you have, you have moronic sayings like he who dies with the most toys dies the happiest or dies laughing or whatever. I don't, I don't even want to memorize that quote. Because it's not true. And you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Think about that. Praise God. Jesus wanted the rich young ruler to know it's okay to not hold on to, the, to things so tight. 
It's okay to hold on to things loosely. You don't always need to be the ruler. I don't think he was so worried about giving up things as much as he was like, wait, I'm not going to be the ruler anymore. I'm going to be the ruled. Hey, it's okay. It's okay to lose control. Control of what? Control of your life. It's okay. It's okay to say, you know what, God? I'm not, make, I'm not, I'm not the shot caller no more. And I'm not at the wheel. And I'm not the pilot. And I'm not even the co-pilot. I am a passenger on Jesus' plane. Okay. Hallelujah. And Jesus is going to fly this thing. And Jesus is going to land this thing. And Jesus will determine the course and the destination. And Jesus. Jesus can take over my life. I do not need to be the ruler. Jesus wanted the rich young ruler to know it's okay to become the mature adult giver. You don't need to, you know, when you're young, you think about yourself. When you're an adult, you think about others. And it's okay to become the mature adult giver. It's okay. It's okay to be a giver. Totally fine. It's okay to give away things you really like. Be they junk or juicy couture. It's totally okay to give away your favorite purse. It's getting quiet, Hallie. It, it is totally okay to throw away that jacket you haven't worn in a year. <laughs> There's a reason you haven't worn it in here. <laughs> I think I'm causing more problems than I am helping you. Jesus wanted the rich young ruler to know having things doesn't save you. And giving things away to the poor isn't what saves you either. Jesus never said, because you give things away to the poor, you're saved. In fact, he told him, all you're going to do there is store up riches for yourself in heaven. That's what he told him. He said, the way you're saved is to follow me. And the reason, and if you read this parable and you keep reading, Jesus tells him that a camel can't make it through the eye of a needle. You know, and I've heard a lot of people preach this. They say, oh yeah, well that, that's referring to a gate in Israel that was called the eye, of the, 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 the eye of the needle. And like if a camel wanted to go through it, he had to unload. Well, that, that, that sounds good, but that's not what that means. Because that means that the camel can still make it through. But Jesus didn't say that it's complicated for a camel to make it through the eye of a needle. He said it is impossible. If he was talking about the gate called the eye of a needle, the, the camel can make it through. He just got to let go of all this stuff. But Jesus didn't say that it's complicated. He says it's impossible. It's impossible to hold on to life, possessions, and all these things and still get in. It's impossible to follow me and bring your junk. It's impossible. I'll go one step further. 
it, it might very well be impossible to follow Jesus and keep your 5,000 Facebook followers. I'm still preaching. You really get to following Jesus, not everybody's going to like it. Not all your possessions are going to like it. Not all your friends and family are going to like it. Your popularity might not like it. Your wardrobe may not like it. But we're, we're camels trying to get through eyes of needles. And I, I've, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been around the road and around the bend enough to tell you there's a lot of camels stuck in the eye of the needle. And somewhere, we got to say, you know what? I'm coming to life with open hands. I'm coming to life with open hands. And I know someone might be getting nervous and say, well, what are you saying? Like, we ought to live like nomads and vagabonds. And, no, 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 no. I'm not saying any of that. I'll tell you some of the, wor- some of the words I fear the most in it, to come out of my own mouth or anybody else's. I will not do that. And I'm not talking about in, in regards to a righteous lifestyle. I'm talking about what are you willing to do for God? And we just get to well, I will not do that. We've just got to be willing to say, you know what? I don't think that would be easy. <laughs> I don't know that I, I, could, I could do that. I'll cry. <laughs> but I'll do that. I'll go there. I'll live there. I'll be that. I'll be this. I'll let go. I'll let him rule. But I'm willing. I'm willing. Brother Jesse, let's give them some hope. Hallelujah. Let's all stand I feel like we need to pray together. No, I feel like we need to pray by ourselves. And I just feel like we we need to have a little talk with Jesus here this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can Can we just close our eyes here for a few seconds? Hallelujah. Jesus. If you don't feel like you're there quite quite yet. I want you to just start praying right now. Jesus, you know where I'm at. And I need you to help me to take one step forward. I don't want to take no more steps backwards. (laughs) God, I want to depend on you. God, there's nothing in this world with surplus value. It's you and you alone. And the richness of the things you produce, oh God that has surplus value. God, I'm asking you to help me to find my identity, my affirmation, my strength in you, in your word, in a relationship with you, Jesus. Come on. Let's lift our hands and surrender right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, my life is yours. My life is in your hands. I don't want to abuse this world. God, I'll use the things of this world, but I don't want to abuse them, Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Jesse, let's say something. Hallelujah. Come on.
God tugging at you.
sent you texts and I tell you I'm praying for you right now and I mean that and I'm not just doing little patty cake prayers I'm, I'm here in this room right here amen 6 7 a.m. and I'm calling your name out before God and I'm praying for you amen hallelujah 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 I'm telling you hallelujah you're gonna make it you're gonna make it we're gonna unload these candles hallelujah we're gonna get through those those eyes of the need of hallelujah. We're going to make it. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Please stick around. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them you love them. Hallelujah. And uh, we will see you again on Thursday night, 730. God bless.